Brian King. You're watching On the Road with Dr. Brian King. I say, I say, you're on the road with Dr. Brian King. Hey, I'm Trivi Trollope, and you're on the road with Dr. Brian King. Hi, this is Nikki Tina, and you're watching On the Road with Dr. Brian. Folks, it's Dr. Brian King. I'm here in Fort Collins, uh, Colorado. Uh, I'm flying solo tonight. I don't have my co-host with me. Uh, she uh, she apparently had better things to do than record a podcast in a bar with a bunch of drunken strangers. But I'm here in Fort Collins, Colorado. Uh, I'm with an old friend of mine, my, my buddy uh, and long-term uh, comedy friend, and just friend in general, not just a comedy friend, but you're a real-life friend, I guess. A guy by the name of Brian Hurley. How you doing, Brian? I'm good. How are you? My friend Brian here is blind. I often, I often call you, like, my blind friend. You know, I think everybody, like, everybody has a black friend, you know? You're my blind friend, you know, so that way I can make blind jokes. Yeah, I, I wish I could. Uh, you know, I just don't feel comfortable saying like a friend who's got more hair than I do, or uh, a friend who's lasted longer in comedy than I have, or you know, whatever. A guy who travels like a gypsy, and I can, that's kind of cool. I'd, I'd like to, you know, aspire to do that kind of thing. But if I could drive, or find myself a seeing eye servant. But uh, so all this is is an episode where Brian and I get to shoot the shit and uh, see what happens. So uh, so Brian, so like I don't know, man. It's kind of cool seeing you again. We haven't seen each other in a while. What was the last time I think we ran into each other? I'm trying to remember that now. When how shit? When was that that we? Well, it was supposed to be DC, but that didn't work out. And then we did that, see each other in DC, I think, when uh, not too long ago. Like maybe because we had a Bloody Mary at some. Some Asian place. That's right. It yeah. was uh, Mondu in D.C. That's that was right. the time before. Yeah. So it was a couple. It was probably a couple years ago, but it was in D.C. No comedy for uh, you going on. I think you were just no. doing a seminar or something. I was in town. I was uh, I was sampling Bloody Marys or doing something, uh, pursuing life in the way we do. And you were living in a really cool apartment with a great view. I remember that. Yeah. Really loud, but but good good location. The 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 beauty of that D.C. location was that it was. Was a block away from a strip club that collapsed on itself. No way, really? <laughs> <laughs> and the photo that was in the Washington Post was amazing. Were any strippers harmed? So yes. No, no, no harm. No, no harms. But I was going to say, the best part was the photo that was on the newspaper had a bunch of them just like covered. They didn't even have time to get their clothes back on. Oh, wow. So they were covered in some kind of like. Maybe so it, 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 collapsed, it collapsed while, while people while were working. Operation. Can you imagine, like, if you're getting a lap dance and the, suddenly the building collapses? Like, you know, the, the strippers, you know, they're, they're in good shape, you know. But the average lap dance consumer, you know, it's like, that's going to be tough. I think I feel like there's some guys left in the room. You, you think know? any guy was, like, hammered and be like, this is the best I've ever had. I can't yeah. believe the feeling that's going on right now. He's just throwing $100 bills. They, the girl that was working the pole uh, just, like, really feels hella guilty. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, I shook the ball so hard! <laughs> the ball me pimp is gonna kill me! <laughs> That's crazy, man. Now I had no idea, but yeah, it's been a while. You and I started comedy together. Uh, yep. So let's give everybody a background on, on how on our relationship. I remember uh, we started comedy together. Not only did we start at the same time, but we literally started like the same day. That's right. It was you a know? class that yeah. we uh, both ran for the San Francisco Comedy College, right. which, which is not a college or a school. Well, not even licensed. But not a degree granting institution. No. That's what, you know, but they are kind of a school. And uh, but no, we we both were, we're I think we're sitting next to each other. Yeah. They put us in alphabetical order, and we're both named Brian. Uh, so. You know, comedians, they don't use last names. Yeah, yeah. 
It's uh, so we uh, and I don't know. We just started talking. I think you were the first person of that group to hit the open mic that night. Uh, and uh, and I remember you do it really did really well. You know, the crazy thing is about that. I still remember. Uh, I remember the end. Yeah. I don't have a clue because we only got, we only got we got three minutes. You know, yeah, which yeah. is which is amazing to get three minutes right when you're just starting out anyway. You don't know any better. But it was a live audience. Well, it was a great um, audience. Too. Great it audience. Really was. They could, it was BYOB, so they're always great. Yeah. They're hogging in, bringing in like coolers of beer, so that's fantastic. Uh, crowded, and uh, I went up. I don't know what I said. I just remember the end, feeling this like rush, and the crowd is going crazy. And I'm like, what yeah. did I do? Yeah. How did I do? I didn't think I would, you know. I feel like uh, most of the time, I, I, even now, if I get in front on the stage, I'm worried that I'm going to stare at a, uh, a light and right, just like, right, right. zone out. Yeah. Every time I get on stage, I have no idea what I'm going to do, and uh, and it's just you know sometimes it just happens and it comes to you and it just just it's great. It really, you know, and you get off stage and you got that rush. But I remember um, the open mic. The first time I did it, well, I remember you did too. You had you had some 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 prepared bits that uh, that I remember, like you you put tin foil on your hand and pretend like you're Michael Jackson, right? Which is you know hella stupid, but right. you know you're you're a first time comic. You, you know? don't you have no idea. Well, okay, I not you. Yeah. I have no idea what will work, what yeah. doesn't, and most of the time it doesn't, and that's just. Part and you of the had life. reminded me of a joke that apparently I, I long forgotten and it had, it had to do with the sleeping bag, you know, like right. I. Like what? What the? I have no idea what I was thinking, but it's amazing. Like you, you, just what a rush that whole experience was, and how it led to you know like the I don't know I, I can't remember what year that was, but it must have been six or seven or eight years ago. Two thousand nine. Two thousand nine. So we've been doing comedy for about seven years. I remember the fact that you had like a, like a flat top or something then. I had very short hair. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. necessarily a flat top. It was like cut short. really short. Yeah. And glasses and yeah. uh, I think even at times you had suspenders or something. I had a uh, I had a job in corporate America. Uh, That's right. And so and my and the suit that I wore uh, was like was a you know it required suspenders you know and so you know and so. Yeah, Which is it was such a weird thing in San Francisco. Yeah, because that's yeah. reserved for like bankers. So I, yeah, but I worked in the financial industry, so that that was something to it. But yeah, I was very unhappy with that work, and and I don't know about you, but and you know we were both at different stages in our life back then. But I I was absolutely hated my job, which is one of the reasons yeah. why I started doing comedy in the first place. And uh, and I remember uh, once I got hooked, once I started doing it, uh, like a few months later, I uh, I got canned from that job, and I did not uh, yeah. care. <laughs> I, yeah. I never looked back, you know. Uh, but have you ever met somebody in comedy who's been doing it for a while, like you have that long, and met somebody who said like I got into comedy because I was a good place in my life? No, no, I have never, that's never right. heard or met somebody who's. What like, was your bad place, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> Let me lay on the table so you can pour the salt into the room in my eyeball. <laughs> what was going on in your Let's life see. at the time? I it lost, was so crappy. Lost a big chunk of eyesight. <laughs> I was I was married at the time to somebody who I really didn't like, and I was in technology, which is not a bad gig, but I'd been doing it long enough and was just burned out on it. I remember I would leave because uh, I, I worked down in Mountain View, 
and I would take the, the train up to San Francisco, I would find ways to leave work around 3, maybe 3.30, and I was supposed to be like, a regular, not a 9 to 5 on the nose, but right. I was supposed to be around, but I would be riding up on the train to kind of work on material or something to get up to San Francisco to go do open mics at wherever, yeah. at Brainwash, or at, um, yeah. God, what was that horrible one, that, that, that sort of the P, that that uh-huh. guy, I can't remember what it was, it was really dark in there, Phuket, like who? Pirate Cat? Uh, Not Pirate Cat, it was, the a, radio. it was a bar, no, no, it was a bar that did an open mic, it was a goofy guy, I don't remember what it was, but. Uh, I, I, I nah. remember the brainwash, I remember Annie's social room. Oh my god, Annie's, no one yeah. was ever there except for comics. I remember uh, uh, Grant and Green, we did that a little bit. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's yeah. it's hard to look back. Oh, and it's you know it's funny too because we're back, that was back in our in our days where where like you did that open mic and you would put that on your comedy resume. Right, right. <laughs> like, like I used to have this list of all the venues that I've ever performed in. As if know? that meant something. You're like, yeah, oh, he's performed all around the city. Oh, he's been everywhere. He's been at the Brainwash. He's been at this this other open mic. This other crappy open mic. Which yeah. is the same difference of saying like I've been at Trader Joe's on 19th. Right, oh, good right. For you. Yeah. It's like hey, that's nice. That's nice. Uh, we're still not going to hire you for anything. Yeah. Now we, uh, um, yeah, we did a lot of that stuff. But I, I you, know, you, you talking about leaving work early? That's the reason why. That's one of the reasons I got canned. Uh, I didn't like my job, and I found something I really liked. And when my job started to interfere with my ability to go do comedy, right? Yeah, you know, like the in the in the kind of job that I had, it was really expected that I would I would stay late whenever they asked me to. You know. And, and uh, you know, most people in my work, they, you know, they wouldn't leave the building till 8 o'clock or so. And I'd right. say, you know, I have to, I have to go. I have, I have to go do the brainwash. I have to go go uh, do five minutes of, of jokes over there at the comedy college. And so uh, it was not long uh, after starting comedy before I got relieved of my of my corporate job. So. And then, uh, you know, a lot of it uh, in San Francisco, I remember and, and enjoyed is like... Uh, it got lucky with getting enough time because it's always yeah. about getting enough time. Yeah, it's because no. you had the Wharf Comedy Room. That's right. And that place was was great. Usually, yeah. you know, you had to get some people in, but you know, it was a, it was a good room. It was a really good place to practice. So for about a lot of people listening, to this might not know uh, about three for about three years, I operated uh, like a, an open mic showcase room in San Francisco Fisherman's Wharf area, uh, and <coughs> it was really uh, it wasn't successful in the sense that it was financially successful. You know, that's not yeah. why we did it. But it was really successful in the sense that it, we, we always had a decent audience almost every night. We got, uh, we, we, I gave lots of opportunities for lots of comedians to perform and develop and work out, you know. And, yep. and, uh, and nobody got, you know, more time to work out than me. I mean, I was my show. And so, Makes sense. like, I really grew as a comedian thanks to my first three years in comedy running this right. show for several nights a week down at Fisherman's Wharf, you know. But it also turned me into kind of like a tourist comic, you know, almost. So it's just, like, you know, San Francisco's full of hipster comics, you know. And, uh, and I, uh, you know, I, I don't like to talk about obscure bands and, and make, you know, uh, uh, crazy references and stuff. And so my, my, my humor is more generic, you know, more, ma- more middle America kind of appeal, you know. Which is like, what are we talking about? What's your name? 
I'm just wondering what's happening over there. There's, uh, we're sitting in a, for anybody listening, the, the no, noises are there's, you know, we're sitting at a bar and you know, a bunch of people around, but well, I really liked it because there was like, you know, it's like, again, getting me out to the comedy, it's all about getting enough time. And the fact it was, you, you knew it was, econ- it was like kind of uh, democratic at your place to be able to get time. Yeah. And there was no, there was no drama about it. Nobody had to like go like, who do you know? And, right. um, you know, which is pretty typical. Who do you know? How many people did you bring? And um, Yeah, I was really fair with my booking, like, which is something that, uh, you know, a lot of people back then thought that I played favorites, you know, because I would book cer- certain people a lot more often. The reality was I booked I booked people based on how often they contacted me for booking. Simple as that. Well, and also you got to give some. You will probably show some favoritism to people who actually show up and that show up, help generate an audience. Yeah. And are, are, are have something funny usually to say. You know, like it's in comedy. It doesn't matter how funny you are. Is this gonna work with this uh, this this loud bar? Is this, uh, can you guys hear us? I, uh, <laughs> Hello. Hello. Of course, we good. Yeah. I think so, but you know, in comedy, it's like it's not—it's not all about being funny. Like, uh, if you—if you're funny to an empty room, it doesn't—you know—nobody cares. You know, you need to be right. funny in front of people. You know, well, that's my um, my the good or bad for me is that I always want to play off the the vibe of the room. Mm-hmm. And if you get in my, because I remember times that this going back to the comedy college. I don't know if you did this one one the one night, but there was two people, two, and at the comedy couple. college. Yeah, at the comedy college, it was two, and one dude was French. Okay. And I remember, like, I was like, I was totally intent on riffing, going, which is going to the crowd, talking to the crowd, and I wasn't first, so I usually pay attention. Yeah, I was like, if I'm in the middle, I'm like, perfect, I get to hear, you know, what happens. And uh, I only heard because I can't see, because it's dark in there. I heard like only a person or two people. So I went in there going like, hey, this is a great room, you two, and just started talking to these two people and just interacted with them, and it's like, wow. Um, I feel like that's a, like one of the challenges, but one of the good things. So if you can find ways to uh, do well when the room's like that, or the room's even against you, and you take it as a challenge, you're, be- you're better for it. There used to be a uh, room in San Francisco called Our Little Theater, which was literally a little theater space. Like They had four seats in front of a tiny stage, and so at, when the place is full, there's only four people people you know <laughs> like, and it was hardly ever full that's a sad thing you know yeah but I, I really liked it though because um, yeah you're it, it, you know even if it was uh, four people if I'm doing comedy in front of four people the show becomes all about those four people right and how I can make their life you know entertain them you know it's uh it's a um, it's not me just telling jokes you know to, to a huge crowd and some people will laugh and they'll and, and they make up for the people that don't get it like I literally have to make all four of those people laugh, you know? But I'd say I'd rather have a room with four people who are audience members than a room full of people who are the comics who are yeah. performing. Like, yeah. uh, like Annie's. They're all looking at Annie's their notes. Annie's always. Oh. And I remember Annie's going up on stage, and there's a dude in a fedora right in the front. And I knew he was a comic. I don't remember his name. And, but I'm like, I, that's it. I don't care. I'm, my, I'm part of my shtick here is I want to do this whole this little bit of riff routine, see what happens. So I'm like, hey, hey, with the hat, you, hey, hey, hey. And he finally looked up. I'm like, how you doing? How you doing? He was 
pissed because he's uh, looking at his notes. He's going to go up next. Yeah, but well, that's just it, though. It's like, pay attention because when you're up there, you want people to pay attention to you. Exactly. You know? I mean, these comics that just sit there and study their their jokes while the other while the other comics are performing, they're not they're going to get up and have an empty audience in front of them too. They might as well just be a better audience for each other. So after I left DC, after I left San Francisco, I went to DC and I did do stand up there for a while. And um, but one of the things I never liked about the scene is that uh, it was a very clicky, like small clicks, not big clicks, mm-hmm. small clicks. And then the comedians always would get away with, and I, I hated this, that the show uh, hosts or like the guy who would run the show would let them show up like right before they would have to go up on the stage. Mm-hmm. So they did nothing. They showed up right yeah, minutes yeah. before they would go up, and then they would leave as soon yeah. as they're done. I'm like, you, you know, you should have to stick around yeah. and like be a part of this thing. Well, that was one of the reasons why with my show, I asked all the comics to get there early to help out with getting the audience get you know, together. Uh, but and also I, I, I did I didn't require them to stick around for the whole show, but I really liked it when they stuck around for some. You know, I mean yeah. it was nice. So you uh, yeah, you left San Francisco, went to D.C. I left San Francisco and uh, took this weird life that I'm on, uh, living on the road with this, doing uh, my public speaking. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so how are we in, in Fort Collins? Like, like, what did we just do tonight? Let's, 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 let's. Yeah. So I came, I moved to Fort Collins in December because I uh, quit my job uh, back March in like 2014. And uh, Carrie, who I'm with, she was still working and then she finally quit, her, she quit full time her job. And then we just kind of went through a list of like places to live. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, we want something smaller. Uh, we want something interesting. We want something that's not going to cost us an arm and a leg. And through some research or whatever, we ended up here. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people are like, well, why not Boulder? And it was just because Boulder was a little bit more expensive. And we just thought, well, let's just start cheaper. We, we can go drive and explore all around Colorado and see what we think. So we've been here since uh, December. And uh, I'll, I'll caveat it by saying we won't be here for much longer because it turns out we don't like winter. <laughs> but I'll leave it at that and say that, you know, but you and I were able to uh, Did you connect. know? Did you know? Know that it snows in Colorado before you moved here? You know, I heard. Yeah. I heard. Uh, and this is also like an El Nino year, which makes it exponentially worse. Because uh, you're, you're from Indiana originally, yeah. you know? And, we, and Northwest, so we have. So you're familiar with snow. And so, I hate it. Yeah, but you, you, you had to know that it snowed here, and you're also you're in the mountains. I mean, people ski in Colorado. I don't you know? ski, I don't snowboard. <laughs> I don't, yeah. It just seems like a weird choice for you guys, like, a, like given that well I'll, I'll tell you it, uh, it was going to end up being we, first and foremost I was thinking about Florida uh-huh. and then for some reason I just felt like I, it felt wrong I don't know why but just I'm like I don't know if this is a good idea to move to Florida I have some family there and I'm just like hmm I don't know. I just never felt like I fit in. Like yeah, yeah. I'm either like I'm half the age, or uh, right. it's just like or a twice weird, the age. weird vibe in the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah, and you're not Cuban, you know, right? You know, I'm not for you. But I think I, I love Florida. I, mean, I, have, I have a strong love for Florida. I've spent a lot of time there. I get booked there a lot. It's pretty awesome. parts you like? Yeah. You know, I, I think I like the whole state for uh, for different reasons. You know, like I love Southern Florida because for the cities, uh, you know, Miami is fantastic. Ooh, what is that? Oh. Brian has just been passed uh, a sifter full of scotch. Is it scotch or bourbon? Scotch. This man knows his alcohol. Uh, Lafoy? Yeah. 
Wow. <laughs> Ten? So you're, uh, so, so, uh, oh, no, I can't have to drive. As a, as a blind person, your sense of smell must be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> my only first response was, and my colon puckers, but I couldn't make that, I couldn't make it into a joke, so I just, I just held back. None so, of your senses increased, none. None of them? Uh, you, you just, you sighted people, decided to use uh, 98% of everything you do with your eyes, and just disregard everything else. So, uh, the daredevil then is fiction? Fuck that guy. Is that what you're telling me? That's what I'm saying. What about Mr. McGill? He's a good guy. Yeah, I believe, he's, actually, that's 100% accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, uh, so and what I was getting at is that we're in this bar in Fort Collins, and yeah. it's really cool to have this real reunion. Uh, I was I was doing a show tonight, and uh, and I was at Cosmonoms. Cosmonoms, which is awesome. I was headlining uh, the show tonight. Uh, I have this new book, uh, and so they were they were great, nice enough to to sell my book and let me do comedy. And then uh, and then at one point during my show, I got you on stage. Yeah, and I would say by the way, I thought your uh, the whole set was was good. You know, the stuff oh, thank you did with you. the crowd was like. He kept it moving Thank and you, uh, entertaining, and uh, delivery was good, and yeah, timing was nice. I did feel it's like, like I you've been doing it for like seven years or something. <laughs> well, I did feel like I struggled a little bit because I there wasn't a lot of audience for me to feed off of, you know. But the audience that was there was was supportive, uh, and they let me play with them. and And there was a couple uh, who who I didn't really talk to much, but after the show, they told me I thought that was, uh, I, that was great, and that they were um, they they were they were hoping. I would have talked to them more, and I was like, "Really? I, 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 you didn't laugh, so I didn't want to offend you, so I moved on." Right. But they were like, "Well, we just don't laugh much, but we really thought you were great, you know." <laughs> so that's what a comedian wants in her front row are people that don't laugh much, you know. <laughs> I think I think of the uh, I did a show in Arlington, Virginia, and uh, an open mic at this cinema draft house place, and the dude, it, it was light enough I could see like the front row of people. Uh-huh. And this dude was sitting in a chair, kind of slouched with his like. Ass forward and, and uh-huh. lower backs forward, so he's like really slouching. Not a small guy either, and yeah. he had his arms crossed and like looking at everybody. And, and everybody avoided him. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, I'm not avoiding. That's that's not gonna happen. So I just got like, what what you know? But I always, that's my thing. Is like I always take this shit as like a challenge. Yeah, no, like, I do too. You know, you can you can burn big time by but doing it. But what I uh, what I really uh, I had fun tonight, and uh, and, I, and I and there was one moment in the, in the show. Where we had talked about before, you had been retired from comedy for a while, and I was going to force you to come on stage with me and do a little bit, and uh, and we did it. What'd you think, man? Yeah, I, it's always fun to go on stage to feel the. It's a control thing. I think it's ultimately. I know for one, I like having that control over yeah. the crowd, and I also kind of like just harassing the shit out of people. So it's, it works. It, when you're on stage, you can be so cruel, and 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 they'll just laugh at it and accept it. And you know? you, the thing is, you can't flinch. Yeah. The moment you flinch, and you like the thing is, um, I, I guess you can learn it. I'm not sure though. Yeah. You know, did it? Do you ever like? Did you take that? Wasn't there a comedy? There was a class. Thing? It was a class in, in, in improv. Offered, no, it was in the comedy. College. 
college, and it was offered in in, in Griffin, and which is the and, and Joe Klosek, me and Joe Klosek, I took it. I didn't. Don't think I took it. I don't know if he took it. I, I actually took it twice. Wait, I did take uh, it. Did you once? Uh, and Joe Klosek uh, is a is a comedian who has made a career out of riffing. Yeah. And again, riffing is you know when you interact with the audience and you just go with the flow and you don't really know what's going to happen. He's a, he's a great guy. He is. He's, he's a good guy. He's also so good at riffing. Yeah. I, I mean, it's amazing how well he can carry a show without doing any pre-written material. You right. Know? And uh, and when I first started comedy, I was actually I didn't I didn't appreciate that because I thought it was just I, maybe I had a perception that it was lazy like you know like you you know you weren't writing or you weren't uh, uh, but it's a whole different skill and it's it's something that I've really invested in and I do a lot now because I don't have the opportunity to write as much yeah. as I'm traveling. You I know? think that for uh, a newbie, it gets hammered in you. If you go to a class or you like, you know, have a community of some kind, I think it gets hammered in you a lot that success in comedy means that you've got an amount of time and material. Right. And it's like an incremental, like, all right, uh, your goal is to get 10 good minutes, of, five and good it, minutes of material, then and 10, all then the, all the comedian uh, forums online and stuff, that's all they ever talk about. Is I... You got 20 minutes, you got 40 minutes, you got... You know, I don't know how many minutes I have, because if the crowd's good, I can go forever, you know? I can just keep talking to them and making them laugh, you know? You know, at the end of the day, for me, I know that if I have a, a crowd that um, is, is working well, and they're feeding off it, I'm feeding off them, that's all I'll do. Why why, why go away from it? Why go to material? Because yeah, material is... You know, Bill Hicks used to say that material is the stuff that you would use when he failed to connect with the audience. You know? Yeah. Like, it's what you fall back on yeah. and most comedians see it the opposite way most comedians see uh, crowd work as what you fall back on when your material doesn't work I agree with that yeah your scotch is so strong that I can smell it I can smell uh, it. I'm sitting like three feet away from you and it's burning my eyes <laughs> you, if you, you might have a visual impairment maybe that you is, drive. that is horrible yeah no I, it's clear in my sciences it's burning my eyes and I think it's going to sterilize me. Um, That'll be a first. Yeah, I don't know. There's no kids yet, so we don't know. So I uh, uh, I got this new book. It's called Laughter, uh, The Laughing Cure. I don't even know the title of my own damn book. I like it. Uh, you, you kind of hesitate every time. You yeah. might want to work on that. It's called The Laughing Cure. And, you know, and in, it, in it we talk about how... Uh, how humor and laughter are beneficial. We help, we use them to, in a number of different ways and stuff. Like, do you think you ever use humor to, to as like a coping mechanism or as a uh, as you know? I'm actually uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm probably anomaly a bit, but I actually am using it. Who's got the goddamn? It's like, like a, it's like your grandmother's tea set, you know? What is that? Uh, I got dollars. Just go get ice cream. Let's go. So, well, my grandmother put a quarter in the jukebox. Apparently. This may be uh, the toughest podcast to, to listen to <laughs> later on. So, um, I actually feel like it's my kind of role uh, to go on stage. So, um, listen, I like to refer to the audience as listener because I always believe there's just like a person. So, listener, um, I use a white cane that folds up, and I have to use that cane to get to any stage. So, everybody's already going to see. Something's up. Now, granted, some people have some weird-ass ideas about what that is. Um, 
but you know, I I like to get up on the stage and let people off the hook because it's I feel like that if I don't let them off the hook to be like you can laugh, they're like they feel bad. People could feel bad, and I don't want that at all. I don't need, and I've tried this a lot of different ways where I've been even explicit to say like don't you know don't laugh at, you know it's okay to laugh or right whatever right, right. and uh like it's okay to laugh with me you know yeah. i'm gonna make fun of everything and anything and i just want you to be okay with it but then i realized uh i actually don't have to say anything at all i just have to be confident my confidence is gonna you know work it yeah but you know that actually doesn't come from the that's not driven by the disability so much as it it's not my first time public speaking when i did start doing comedy I didn't do comedy before but I'd done debate I'd done other stuff so being in a stage and having to get people to believe something wasn't a foreign right, thing right. for me but yeah I, I don't know after I, after I get off a stage I will say that yeah I, I, I like the, the rush of like having people who I can feel can entertain then I feel like I've done something but I don't think that's the same thing to do with my eyes I think it's anybody um feels that but I do feel like maybe for me maybe there's a little bit of like I've done something a little bit more to, to, to kind of surprise people and take them off guard and that I don't mind that, that that's okay yeah I don't know I, I, but I've never taken it to myself if, that, if that's what you mean yeah I don't I don't know what I mean I just say I, I just, it's just curious how people use their sense of humor you know I think I use humor in every uh, way possible um Seriously, it's like a, it's like it's like we're in the uh, the Halloween too. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, some kind of butt kaleidoscope, but I don't really know. This is probably the weirdest music to be playing in a bar. If there was a sound from shitting unicorns, I think this is this is what it would be like. Or maybe, oh, oh man, I've, been, I've had this I have this new bit that I'm doing about unicorns, and I completely forgot to do it in the show tonight. I really wanted to try it out. Ah, ah, damn it. See, I, this is why I need to write a set list. Uh, at least something. But I was, uh, I was saying, you know, like I use comedy um, almost every way. I, I use it to diffuse things. Uh, like um, when I first moved to, uh, to to California, I moved there from Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, people in Ohio, they'd be like, uh, you know, aren't you, aren't you concerned about moving to California? You know, they would say, aren't you worried about moving to California? I'd be like, why? Why, why would I be worried? they say, well, you know, what if there's an earthquake? You know, and, and I would always tell them, I was like, well, you know, I'm actually not really that concerned about dying in an earthquake in California. I'm more concerned about living a long, boring life in Ohio. And that would kind of shut them up with a little bit of laughter, you know? Right. <laughs> Actually, you know what? That that reminds me. Uh, when I was in middle school, I was I was a fat kid. I hadn't I was short, short and fat. Mm-hmm. You know, I hadn't grown yet. And uh, I remember, I think it was like I don't remember if it was sixth grade or seventh grade. But I remember some kid making fun of me for being fat. And I came back with something about his mother. And people. People laughed. People didn't laugh at what he said. People laughed at what I said, yeah. and that shut him up. And somewhere in there is when I realized 
and I had glasses and a fat kid, and I'm like, well, shit, if I'm quicker and faster, that shuts up the stupid kids who try to make fun of me. It may get you hit in the face, but, you know, it makes, and so, like, that was the first time where I used it as, like, a uh, mechanism, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that we have those stories, and I was watching, uh, what was that, uh, something, uh, I was talking to somebody recently about comedy, and they said that, you know, that, uh, well, what did, oh, I was talking to comedian Tim Northern uh, in, t- in Tennessee, yeah. and he said that he first noticed that comedy was something he wanted to get into when he was at home, and his, his dad, who was like this hard-working guy, you know, and his uncle, like really like blue-collar, like hard-working dudes, kind of guys that, that really need to relax, you know what I mean? Like they put in a hard day's work, yeah. and life is tough, you know? They scored a Richard Pryor album, and they like played it, and they're both just laughing and smiling and having a good time, and like him as a little kid, just like watching the effect that this uh, yep. this comedy had on his on his family, you know, and it stuck with him, you know. And I, I think that's kind of a cool idea. It's like, yeah, on some level, you know, I. I don't know, like, my mom would laugh at me, and every time my mom would laugh, like, that was something that I wanted to do more of, you know? I think there's, I, I feel like there's something with every comedian that we're, um, we or whoever is looking for approval, yeah. to some degree, and it's, like, approval from the crowd, or approval from themselves, to be like, yeah, that was actually good, right, that was a right. good series of, uh, whatever, or I'm proud of myself that I remember no. that I was going to say this, and that, and this, and that, and this, in some way you memorize this and it came off natural it's um I think there's a lot of that um, or it seems like there's a lot of that but I, I never had an answer for myself like why exactly I was doing it then like when we started I'm like I just enjoyed it but it's probably also why I ended up like taking breaks or not doing it for a while I'm like I don't think I had a, I don't think I had the driver um, you know to really push me for enough right, right. time yeah I think for me it's like all I ever wanted to do yeah and I look back on my life, and the only thing I've ever consistently been good at is making people laugh. Yeah. <laughs> so how long how long do we normally do these podcasts for? I don't know, like 20-some minutes or something? I think we might have gotten that. All right, cool. So you want to do a like, wrap-up for both shows? You do yours or for... You do yours first. All right. Pause, we'll get it, and you can go whenever you're ready. So, well, Brian, it's really great seeing you again. Uh, I mean, as always. Uh, I mean, we, it's weird that we have to record a podcast and document it. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, I, uh, uh, I, you know, it's uh, you were always one of my one of my favorites in comedy. A good friend of mine, of course, and I really appreciate it. I, I thank you for being on my podcast and talking with me a little bit. And uh, I wish you were still active in comedy because this is the part where I would plug your website. You know, I would tell people to check out check them out at Blind Comic, but that's no longer a thing, right? That's, that's a, right. So, and, and uh, in, in the big picture, I'm uh, like I, me- I previously mentioned, we're going to be moving to Nicaragua right. of all places. So basically, there's no reason for anybody to ever look you up. <laughs> I think that's why I'm going to Nicaragua. There you actually. go. There you go. I'll be surfing in Spanish. That's surfing in Spanish. Sur- a blind guy surfing. Uh, I'm not the first one. That, you know what? I'm gonna. Uh, sorry. Right, segue. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never. I, I can't find anything else. Find shit until uh, every time I search on blah 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 and blindness. There's always some fucker who's already done it. <laughs> I'm never the first. You're trying to be a blind pioneer and you can't do it. It's not easy to be yeah. a trailblazer. <laughs> When you find some Hawaiian kid, you're like, son of a bitch, he's yeah. been born without eyes. He's like, look at him go. I'm like, wow. 
Well, good luck to you, man. I hope you have a good time in Nicaragua. Thanks, and thanks for the little, you know, the and, few uh, minutes of time on stage. Yeah, that was, it was cool. fun. It was fun. That. And I really appreciate uh, this bar for keeping down the noise for <laughs> <laughs> a while and allowing us to record this podcast. And um, I really like the harpsichord calliope. That's a, that's a nice touch. You don't come across that often. That's right. All right, folks. It's been On the Road with Dr. Brian. Missing my co-host tonight. But I'm sure she'll be back on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.